Get ready to power start your day with wealth, lifestyle, and leadership coach Nicola Smith-Jackson. Tune in each Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern for your daily dose of motivation and business education to help you build big business and be successful. And now, here's Nicola. Welcome to Power Start Your Day. It's Pink Millionaire, Nicole Smith-Jackson. We're going to reawaken your spirit this morning, resuscitate your passion, renew your mind so you can recommit to the plan that God has for you and ask for you to build a big business. We're here coaching you every Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you haven't done this already, go ahead, share the call with other people. They can dial in at 602-753-1848 or listen online with their smart device, iPad, tablet, PC, or Mac at blogtalkradio.com forward slash success with Nicola. So we're here, we're moving past fear to get to our future. And so we're so uh, grateful to have another opportunity uh, to be with you to talk about how we will put fear in its place. You know, fear is, we keep saying it every episode, it's robbing most people of uh, the life they could be living, the life um, that they uh, deserve, the legacy they could be leaving behind for the people who come after them, whether it's their children or grandchildren. And, you know, um, but fear, you know, they call it false evidence appearing real. We've heard that before so many times. And the thing is, is that I think that we're not paying attention to the false part of that acronym. We have to begin to ask ourselves the things that we are afraid to do. Is it true that we should fear it? Literally, on the other side of fear is exactly what you want. On the other side of fear, I mean, when we talk about the unknown, but is the unknown always bad? It's been my experience that most of the time the unknown, which becomes new, is proven to be better. How could we ever allow God to do a new thing in us if we don't? move toward the unknown. We have two scriptures on today because we're going to be talking about the fear of ill health and the fear of old age. It comes in many different forms. And we want to um, talk about that. We're going to have uh, Third John. We're going to have our scripture, Third John, very familiar, very, very familiar scripture, Third John, uh, two is what we're going to have as well as we're going to be in first uh, Corinthians as well, uh, six, 19 through 20. All right. So it's third John uh, two and first Corinthians six, 19 through 20. We got to go to the Lord because this whole fear of illness, fear of old age, and especially um, if you are in a family that has dealt with illnesses that it seems like generation after generation sometimes have the same illnesses, and um, we've bought into the fact 
And so we've got to go to the Lord to get to the truth because he has something for us, right? Let's go, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God. Wow, we're so grateful on today, Father, for this day that you've made, and we're glad, rejoice, we're here in the land of the living. Dear Lord, as we are going through um, this piece of work from your servant, Napoleon Hill, who has given us a whole different um, idea or um, some things to look at for us to attract, for us to experience, uh, riches. We're grateful, oh, Father God, that right now your Holy Spirit is going to give us a clarity as to what does that mean for us now. Dear Lord, we're petitioning and we're making our requests made known on today, and we're grateful that you've given us the authority to do so. But what we're asking on this day is that our mind be open. And let our heart be circumcised to the things of the world that we may be able to see it the way you see it. I know that our mind is not your mind, but you did make us in the likeness of your image. And so we want to be on the perspective of the kingdom so that we may be fruitful and multiply. As we're dispelling all the myths of fear and picking up faith to a whole new level. Let us be grateful and also let us be graceful in the way that we use the knowledge that you've given us. As we'll allow your Holy Spirit to teach, guide, direct, and correct us. Let him also comfort us through the challenges of fear. We thank you and we honor you and we bless you. And seal this prayer with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm going to hop right into our scriptures, and, you know, I know that it is, it's, it's, it's kind of, hard to discuss these types of things, you know, 3rd John 1 and 2, I'm sorry, I said 3rd John 2, it's 3rd John 1 and 2, and, um, as I have been contemplating on this, is even when I was making my coffee on this morning, and thinking about the fear of illness, and I began to ask myself, you have to ask yourself questions so that you come from the right answer. And every morning when I wake up for so, so many years, especially after, um, you know, having the challenges of childbirth and um, also, you know, when people, the closest people to you, when they pass away and the cause of death is illness, and then when you start you know, getting up in age, when you start getting beyond, where you start feeling things in your body, you start, you know, saying, you know what, I, I, I gotta, I'm either going to choose to accept uh, that they said, oh, because your mama or your grandmama or your great grandmama or, or great grandfather or grandfather or whoever, even your father has suffered with certain things. Does that mean the same thing for you? I know many a times when we start talking about fear, um, of, of illness, we we can look at Third John one and two, and and it says, listen, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prosper. I don't know about you, but when I read this scripture. And it's clear that God wants us to do well, but we do as well in our life, in our health, as we think. 
How many of us have had things that um, we could have prevented when it came to our health, but we just let it take on its own, take on a life of its own? Doesn't matter whether it might be high blood pressure, diabetes, it might be obesity, you know, um, and we, we can go back and we'll easily say, well, you know what, it, it, it's like this because of, of my grandmother or I'm big boned or I'm big, I've heard all sorts of things. And for myself, who uh, my grandmother, who I could say I, I learned the love of God from, watched her pray three times a day and things like that. And I, I, I watched my grandmother, who was super, super active. She was the matriarch of our family, and she was the rock. And she woke up very early every morning, and she prayed. She opened up the door. She was a blessing to the community, a blessing to our family. And, uh, you know, but my grandma, she, she was, like, overweight. Now, when I look at pictures back, in the day, we call it. I don't remember her being like as overweight as she ended up being, but over time, with lack of exercise and lack of real care of her health, she did get you know overweight. She was a brick house when she was younger, and my mom always looks at me and say, "You are shaped just like your grandmother," and so much so that I had so much of my grandma's uh, uh, traits that I even picked up when I was a kid. I ended up I, I used to have seizures epileptic seizures. And I had them up to about age five, and then they went away. So many a times my mom would always tell me, well, you know that your grandma, her seizures went away and they came back. So she would always warn me about stress levels and, and, you know, the mind and things like that. And um, in my mind, I always thought that even when life started getting super hard, I would always believe, like, okay, wow, I'm going to end up with seizures again. But when I began to understand the power of prayer and the power of mindset, and I began to now say, you know what, is there anything I can do? Same thing is when, with, with the weight, you know, in, in recent times, outside of pregnancy, my weight would fluctuate, and um, I would, you know, say, oh, my mercy, the last reason I started getting uh, so, like, my weight started going out of control, and I'm like, what is it? Because I'm not overeating, I'm not doing this thing, and, and I'm going to tell you something, that when you start now, say, I want to seek the Holy Spirit, and I am going to tell you guys a story, it just it freaks me out when I think about it, and I was seeking the Holy Spirit, and I said, Lord, just show me, what is this? What is wrong with me? You know, all my um, my regular blood work was coming back okay. And one day I was heading on to get my lashes done, and I ran across a center, and it says Longevity Center. And I said, I'm going to go in there. I want to know about that. You see, you can declare and decree that this is what you want and things start showing up. Now, I passed that place numerous times for many years and in my heart, I knew they had the answer for me. 
Some things were going wrong with my skin, too. I didn't know what was going on. My body was just going haywire. And at first I said, it's happening because I'm 45. And then I said, that's ridiculous. I've seen women that were 65 that are more fit than you, that are committed to their health. They're going to the gym. They're working out. They're eating better, you know. And, and, I, and I began to now work on the lies I had been telling myself because it was like, oh, wow, you know, you still got a small waist. You still this. You still, and I was like, no, that's not. I was starting to feel things in my body that said, no, I'm feeling this at 45. I don't want to feel this at 65. I better get a handle on this. Went into that center and they said, hey, why don't we do some hormonal tests? These were tests, my normal tests my doctor had offered me. My and and so I, I did, and it came back that, you know, it was inflammation and that my thyroids were kind of off and it was beginning to affect my metabolism. I can share this now with you all, but I can tell you during the time when I was like still in wondering of what's going on or what's going wrong, yes, I was concerned. And I began to look at my son who was not 12 years old at the time and my grandbabies and I'm saying, oh, no. I want to be around. So what are we saying here in talking about overcoming fear? The first thing that we have to do is we have to understand that the best way out of anything is through it. Most people try to go around. Most people want to tell themselves or buy stories that don't serve them well. And I knew that when I hopped on the scale, even though people are like, okay, she's shaped like a brick house, whatever, it was tipping on the word obese. And I said, absolutely not. I began to understand that that would now elevate my blood pressure, now seeming similar to my grandmother. And then now the blood pressure medicine now triggered into uh, type um, A diabetes because it was overworking those water pills, started overworking her body. And I said, well, maybe grandma, who was born in 1908, that was okay because the, the information uh, was, is much slimmer. But we are in years where back in the day they thought that our cars would already be flying like airplanes. But we've come so far, haven't we? Once you have the courage to face a fear and acknowledge, okay, why am I fearing something I can do something about? I might be talking about ill health, which now automatically start making you feel like you're older. But there are people out here who are in their 80s. One of my mentors, Miss Sonia Young, right about hitting 80 and her husband who just was turned 85 who goes to the gym and bench pressing I think 200 pounds he was a civil rights activist along with his brother who became the mayor of our uh, city here in Atlanta and when we were over there and we were going to you know uh, be with them myself and Rushi going to be with them uh, during the loss of their son and he still while they were dealing with mourning, he still left while we were there talking. He went to the gym, worked out, came back, 
him and his wife, his beautiful wife, who's right about hitting 80 coming soon, and she, like, literally was cooking him dinner. And I began to say, the same way you chose what you wanted in your financial life is the same way you can choose whatever you want in any other area of your life. They have had where meditation have helped people, uh, bodies heal from cancer. It's our thoughts. Third John, one or two says that, they, you know, our soul prosper, our mind, our will, our intellect can determine so much for us, but yet are we leaning into those things to deal with work on eradicate fear from things that there's no reason to fear. You know, on this weekend, we will be um, laying to rest Robert's grandmother. And I can tell you, I know we'll go further into tomorrow on the next episode where we talk about fear of death. And I have found when you meet people who are closer to God and they understand life, that they no longer have the fear of the illness, the fear of the of the uh, age, and fear of death. And and I say, it's a choice. This fear of illness and old age is stopping people who say, "Oh, it's too late," or or we're trying to do things like younger people versus doing or using the wisdom that we have to still prosper. So many things have happened, turnarounds in people's lives, when they would have gotten to the age where people would have considered it seasoned. What if we took another perspective on this, and especially in this world today where, where we are in the Western, where people really don't even respect their elders anymore. They don't honor people who've gone before them anymore. So, I don't know. Let's have a talk about this. Because I know I have my thoughts, but I know there are a lot of other thoughts out here. But what I want us to do is not allow these things to stop us, slow us down, no matter what your age is listening to this right now. Because I have had living examples of people who have done and thrived. I mean, when I think about Doc and Miss Sonia, they're still golfing. He travels. He's 85, and he'll drive an hour from his house close to where I live to go golf because he loves that golf course, and he drives and goes and golf. I think when he was turning 80, he started his wine, his wine business. You know, he started a wine business that now ended up being on Jekyll Island. I mean, things when you start thinking about that, and he's had a hard road. I mean, he lived through civil rights movement. And so um, he became one of the most noticed dentists in, in our city. He was actually even the dentist of Dr. Martin Luther King. So when I think about that, and I look at experiences, and he's the one that gave me this book that is a powerful devotional book. And he, he made sure I got this book once he found out how much I love the Lord. And he's like, I still read my book every day. Do you read yours? And I said, yeah. I said, man, I can tell you that has just changed my life. 
And so I'm looking at examples versus examples of even like Robert's grandma, who I'll talk about more tomorrow as we lay her to death when they told her, hey, you only have this amount of time to live. And she said to the doctor, she said to the doctor, you don't know that. You don't know that. And she lived more long, longer than what the doctor told her. I said, it's the mindset. I don't know about you, but I love to be around seasoned people. I do because I learned so much. I learned so much of uh, some of the ones who complain chronically as well of what I don't want to be. But I also learned from the ones who say, you know what, all is well with my soul and their soul prospers. Let's open up. Let's talk about this. Five six one last four two one one eight. You know, we're talking about fear of ill health and fear of old age and how it could even disrupt um, people from even a, living a life of riches and even pursuing things. They start thinking it's too late. What's your thoughts on this, caller? Five six one last four two one one eight. Good morning. Good morning, Queen. How are you? I am amazing this morning. I am in um, in such Joy, when I'm thinking about what I did, I took control of my health. I had a gluten allergy. Who Go figure. I'm Jamaican. We eat dumpling. We eat rice and peas. We eat all sorts of things, and the gluten was just tearing my body down, and I had no clue. Mm-hmm. And, and when I released the gluten, weight coming down, everything's coming, falling in order. I feel, I feel almost like how my body was when I was 35 right now. Yes, and it was because yes. I, I faced that fear. Let's talk about that. Okay, this is Tammy Pete Williams, and I'm calling from Boynton Beach, Florida. And as I was driving on my way here to the gym, I said, God, you are so real um, for the topic to be fear and just even what you're talking about. Because my story is that of, it's, it's a significant story. I started out, like you said, you know, sometimes we grow up in fear because our parents are sick and they have this and they have that. I was one of those on my mom's side and my dad's side. We had everything, high blood pressure, diabetes, all of these things. And I was, I was very shaped. I was very, I wasn't always obese and big. I had a very nice figure, but I ran track and I, I, I cheered all my life. But at, I think I was 12 and the doctor, my mom took me in and the doctor said, oh, we, we're diagnosing her with high blood pressure. And I didn't understand that because I was so young. And I was like, well, what can I do? Because I'm so young. Like, what do you mean? And the doctor went on to say, you know, this is hereditary because you are so young. And I wasn't eating bad at that time because I didn't even eat a lot of fried. Like, when my mom would cook certain things, I didn't even eat those things. So I was saying to myself, like, why is this happening to me? Um, Mm -hmm. But I continue instead of changing my 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 eating habits once I got this information, it seems like it got worse. Well, as long as I was mm-hmm. in school and I was able to still work out and do those things, I was fine. But as I became an adult, which all the signs were coming, okay, you already got asthma, you already was diagnosed with high blood pressure, now you need to change the way you're eating, you need to change some things. But instead of getting better, I think I got worse as I got older because I didn't have my mom and dad over me telling me what to do. I was eating how I wanted to eat and just kind of living a little reckless. And people were telling me, oh, you got to slow down because you're too young to have high blood pressure. And mind you, I still had the shape at this time. So I wasn't worried about gaining any weight or doing anything if I had that shape. And as time went on, then the weight started creeping in with it. 
I'll never forget my brother saying one day to me, he said, man, you think you're so fine now and this and that. He said, but if you keep eating and, and, and taking care, not taking care of your body the way you are, this is going to get worse. Well, lo and behold, you got all the way to, three, I got all the way to 344 pounds, and I was miserable. And as an obese woman, you know, the first thing we try to do is, which I never did suffer from low self-esteem because I wasn't always obese. I wasn't always big. So the first thing we try to do is put on this facade that, oh, I'm big, but I'm still beautiful. And mm-hmm. I love myself and this and that, which is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love ourselves in whatever skin, but it had me blinded to my health issues and the things that was getting worse and worse and worse. So to add to the asthma and the high blood pressure, they diagnosed me with diabetes. And I was, I was mortified because I'm like, what do you mean? This man is telling me I got to stick myself in my stomach four times a day. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So I, I, I refused it the first time. I didn't even get on the medication. So I was supposed to go out and get better. But instead of getting better, I was still reckless. I was still not eating the way I could. I could have prevented those things, but I was not still doing what I was supposed to do. So I got in a car accident, which prevented me from working out, prevented me from exercising, prevented me from doing the things that I needed to be able to do because I was in so much pain. I started going to diet doctors who were giving me, as you said, the water pills and all of these things. And that only made me get fluid around the heart and it made the situation worse. Mm-hmm. Long story short, today I got I got the sleeve. Two years ago in April, I was sleeved. Not because I was lazy, but because I was I was in a, a bad situation where I couldn't work out. I was trying to still exercise and gain weight because it was fearing me now. But now I have the doctor telling me, Listen, you can't even go out and try to exercise because your situation is so bad that if you don't stop, this is it's causing you your pressure to be higher. You have fluid around the heart, you have all these things going on. You gotta have surgery, and I, I feared surgery because I had heard so many bad things. People never tell you the good things; they always tell you, "Oh, don't do this because so and so died." I know such and such mom had this and she died. Even my own family, I had absolutely no support. My mom died five years ago, September, to pancreatic cancer. That was one of my fears. Like, okay, cancer runs on both sides as well. So I was like, I'm going to do this. She didn't even want me to do this. She kept saying, you've always been so athletic. You can lose the weight. But what she didn't realize, and, and I still did the surgery, even with her not wanting me to have it when she died, because I knew it was something that I needed to do for Tammy. So I got the surgery. Long story short, I got the surgery without no support but my husband. And I'm doing good. I lost 165 pounds to the surgery. <laughs> but Brain now God. I know better. I'm not scared to do what I know I should have been doing in fear. Oh my God, you're so on point with this because fear is so fear is so true and it's the enemy. He comes. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your success. He wants to kill your joy. He just he wants to do all of those things. And if I would have stayed in that fear, I would not be where I am today. Now I eat better. Yeah, I had to flee. People say you took the easy way out. I never took the easy way out. People see your glory, but they never know your story. I, had, right. I was knocking on death's door. I was taking 12 medications, 12 medications plus insulin four times a day. So I had no choice. I had to go out and do it. I, like I said, I never suffered from low self-esteem. But literally, here I am, wasn't even 40 years old, knocking on death's door. 
you know, hmm. and some of it was because of the cars I was dealt, but the other part was because once I, I knew those cars I was dealt, I could have been more responsible. I could have ate better. I could have continued mm-hmm. working out. I could have did the things right, but I chose to do things differently. I got that surgery, and when I had that surgery, Nicola, it changed my life. It gave me a mindset, a different yeah. mindset. I got involved with this business because everything that was taken from me, everything that my illness had me locked down to, once I lost that weight and shed it that weight, it, I left that with it. Nah. And I got up and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to chase that. Nah. I'm going to go that. I mastered following, but God is saying, now I want you to lead women. I want you to empower them. Get out of that fear. And I ask God every day, God, I'm not an introvert. I'm not, I'm not shy. I'm not going to let the enemy keep telling me this because now is the time that my voice and my story needs to be told. So I thank God for you. I thank God wow. for this confirmation. And that's all God is in the midst of this thing. So I just, I, I, I thank God for my, my leader, Coach Kevin. He, Kevin Blake, he's the one got me on this call. Every day you just, you don't even know how you speak into our lives, the things that you make us feel. And I just, I just want to tell women, you can do it. You can do it. It men too, but especially women, because a lot of times the weight creep in, and then they just give up. Oh, I'm already big, so I'm gonna just. They let themselves go. Mm-hmm. They buy mm-hmm. big clothes because they're trying to hide this. They're hiding behind fear. But I come to tell you that we serve a good God, and if you yes, just ask of Him and lean on Him and get out of that fear, He will lead and guide you. There we go. Wow, Tam, I'm so proud of you because. You know, and going against what people thought about you, the criticism, you conquered so many fears in what you did. And, you know, even in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, we said, do you not know your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Who you receive from God? You are not your own. When that scripture, when I learned that scripture, I said, I have no right to destroy my body when God wants to use me to empower his people. When he said, you're you're not your own. And then he says, your resources are not yours. They're mine. I'm giving you stewardship over it. Those things is how our soul prospers. Our mind, our will, our intellect, how we make decisions, what we do, what we accept in our lives, what we absolutely say is non-negotiable changes when we now begin to face fear and go through it. And sometimes it's hard. Look at Tam. She had to go get a surgery. But what is it about you? What is it the thing that you need to do? I see some people Mm -hmm. who might have asthma, but they still smoking cigarettes or smoking marijuana. I see people who might say, I can't do this, but I'm still going to do that. I'm still going to do things that I know is hurting my temple. Guess what it does? Yes. And before you go to the next call, I wanted to say one more thing. Um, my, I was working at a call center, and my boss, he, he embarrassed me so bad one day. And even though I was confident and I, I, I didn't suffer from low self-esteem, I still had feelings. And one day they were saying that they were going to do a weight loss challenge. So everybody used to tell me because I started there at one weight, and a lot of people didn't know I had to see. They probably just thought I was dying. I never lied like a lot of women hide it and take their pictures off when they were big and say, oh, I'm just working out, losing weight. I was honest because I felt like if I shared my story, I could help somebody else because I remember looking for people. Well, they were, they were doing a weight loss challenge, and I wanted to be included. 
and the boss, he's very arrogant, and he hurt my feelings really bad in front of the whole entire staff. He's like, oh, well, Tammy already, um, she already took the easy way out. You know, it's not fair if she joined the, it's, it's not fair if she joins this. And I'm looking, I was so appalled, and I looked at him like, how dare you? But being the woman that I am, a class and dignity, I didn't even, even though he embarrassed me in front of the people, I, I didn't address him. I went into his office, and I knocked on the door, and I asked him, I said, do you have a minute? And he said, sure, come on in. He didn't even think. What he said, he was already on to the next thing. He wasn't even thinking about it. And I told him, I said, I want to tell you how you disrespected me right, right just then in front of the entire staff. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, first of all, don't ever say I took the easy way out. I said, because you know I had a surgery. I said, do you know my story? Do you know what happened to me? And he said, well, no, I didn't. He said, but a lot of people, I said, exactly. Everybody's story is different. I said, you don't, somebody else might have just did it just because they were lazy. I know people that do do it. They don't even try to work out. They just go do it. I said, but everybody's story is different. I said, how dare you judge me and say that without knowing my story? Even my family right now, you know, I go back and forth with a lot of them because before, before oh, you're so big. You need to lose weight. You're so unhealthy. You're going to die. This and this and this. Now they're telling me, don't lose any more weight. Your neck is so skinny. You look like a crackhead. But, you know, I, I thank God for Jesus because a couple years ago, I started praying and I said, God, give me two things, the spirit of discernment and give me the, the power to be over people in the things they have to say about me. And I, I tell you no lie, Ms. Nicola, he blessed me with those two things, and my life changed dramatically. I walked with my head up, and, and it, it can't be put down by anybody else because he's brought me from too far. God bless you. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for sharing. And I know that this is blessing a lot of people because there are a lot of people that are struggling with this. There's some people at 830, they had to hop off because it didn't apply to them. But you'll never know Mm -hmm. if they apply to someone who you love. And your story is helping a lot of people. Continue to tell your story. Continue to push through in confidence. Um, You know, and the fear of ill health and, you know, the fear of old age is slowing down a lot of people. They're trying to the younger people and not realizing that they have wisdom and they have use what you have. Use what you have Mm -hmm. and you'll be surprised on how life changes. God bless you guys. You want to go back to this because there are people out there that you can help in your business or help get into your business and they just don't feel confident, they feel like they're old, they're sick, they're this, different things are going on with them. But this is a place, a place of, of um, eye-opening, a place of awakening so that you can go out and do amazing things for the kingdom and your community. I love you guys. God bless you.